0: Welcome to The Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without
1: anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. Because I think that if we solve for racism and we solve for sexism um, and transphobia with all of those hitting in the same spot, We're going to solve for a lot of things at the community ills and community inequities. On the show, we challenge the status quo
0: and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small.
1: I think that if we center Black women and improve the lives of Black women, I think actually everyone's lives are improved by that.
0: So you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. And on the show this week, I interview Erica Hines, Principal of Every Level Leadership and author of Black Women Thriving a report and call to action, which seeks to define what it means for Black women to thrive in the workplace and determine how they find joy, success, and stability at work. Erica has committed to helping organizations build an equity culture for the last 10 years, working with government agencies, nonprofits, and foundations across the country to help their staff and stakeholders learn how to work in more inclusive cultures. And I noticed this, um, this report and I, I read it and um, used it in some of my other work. And I really wanted to kind of dig into some of the findings and the foundational uh, theories and So I invited Erica onto the show to talk about this report and call to action. And uh, this is a great conversation. I want to tell you a little bit about the report, just as context. One of the main findings was that Black women have the highest rate of workforce participation among all women, yet they're denied training, promotion, and advancement at a significantly higher rate than white women across all industries. So the findings are based on a survey of over 1,400 Black women and gender expansive professionals working in the public sector, private sector, and nonprofit organizations across the US. And the key areas that she looks at are belonging, burnout, connectedness and trust, work performance and job satisfaction, compensation and earning potential, promotion, and access to mentorship. So if you are an employer out there listening, some of the ways that you can start engaging with this work is you can start by looking at your own data in your organization, but you can also ask some of the planning questions that she includes in the report. And we'll link to the report at the show notes, wellwomanlife.com/slash three zero three show. And Erica offers a lot of information and a structure for engaging in this work. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation as always, as always, all the links and information are at wellwomanlife.com slash 303 show. And the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. Join us in the academy for community mindfulness practices and practical support to live your well woman life. Now to my interview with Erica Hines. I'm speaking with Erica Hines. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. I'm excited to be here and to get into a good discussion with you.
0: Yeah, me too. And so Erica, I would love to just begin by having you share with listeners, who are you in the world today?
1: Wow. I am a 52-year-old Black woman who lives in... Raleigh, North Carolina, who moved here after living for 20 years in Washington, D.C. So, both of those uh, residences sort of um, inform how I show up in the world, Mm. along with also being from Ohio. So, I have a good dash of Midwestern in me as well. But to my sort of professional life, I am a, I call myself a DEI practitioner who does a lot of work with organizations to help them become more inclusive and equitable. And in particular, is very interested in how do we improve the work lives of Black women.
0: Hmm. So you're very focused on improving the work lives of Black women. And just as we begin our conversation, I'm interested to know for listeners who may be wondering in their community, who does that impact? Like if, if we focus on Black women, what is the impact on other populations that people might also be working with?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. I think that if we center Black women and improve the lives of Black women, I think actually everyone's lives are improved by that. And and the reason for that is because as a Black woman myself, I think we stand at this very interesting, I'm going to use the word intersection, which maybe people have heard of, intersectionality, but Black women are at this very interesting intersection of experiencing life in terms of both their racial identities and their gender identities. And... Any type of solutions that come forth in communities can't need to actually have this lens towards how do we improve the multiple intersections that people have in their lives. So as a black woman, it would be, you know, I, I like to say it was natural that I was going to say we should center black women, because I think that if we solve for racism and we solve for sexism um, and transphobia with all of those hitting in the same spot. We're going to solve for a lot of things at the community ills and community inequities when we like actually try to to solve for the more complicated parts of our society.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that, Erica. And just to call that out really clearly for the audience too, it, it does seem like people might think, well... I, I definitely have heard this in my work when I focus on on women or the intersection of women and and other kinds of identities. It's like, well, why are you only focusing on women? And so, what you're saying, and and I I think what I also say is that when we focus on solutions for the most impacted, right, the most uh-huh. vulnerable in the community, the most marginalized, however we want to yeah. describe that, uh-huh. then really everybody benefits but we have to be on board with this idea that like this collective idea where we where we can we can help the collective but actually we have to start with the most impacted
1: absolutely yeah i totally agree with you yes we need to help the most impacted but i think we have more improved solution making when we we cannot apply a cookie cutter approach when we are only trying to solve for one variable because that one variable leaves out so much more that impacts our lives. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we gotta take we gotta take a number of variables into into consideration. And I for one am like, let's complicate it yes. more uh. up front.
0: <laughs> okay. And Erica, you focus a lot on what does it actually mean to thrive at work? And what does it mean for black women to thrive at work? And so I know you talk about this. A lot in the report and in the research that you do. Um, But can you just tell listeners what does it mean
1: to thrive at work? Sure. It was very important to actually have a working definition of what is thriving before we could say how how was my, how is my workplace like not allowing me to thrive? So the definition of thriving that we use is based upon research done 15 years ago. And it says that thriving at work means an individual experiencing both vitality and a sense of learning and in the workplace that leads them to have a a positive experience at work, feeling as though overwhelmingly they're having a positive experience at work. So it was that combination of vitality, experiencing vitality, feeling vital, feeling excited, feeling like you're making a good, a, a good contribution, plus feeling as though you're learning or you're taking the learnings that you have that you're excited to use, right? Because I like to distinguish between there are things that we all learn at work that we have to use that we don't love. That is not the type of learning that I'm talking about, but that you... Um, the learning that that you have or that you know seminar that you're taking at work that you're putting that into use and you feel like you're making a positive contribution and you're also having a positive work experience
0: okay that's helpful and where does autonomy on the job come into that definition because it seems to me to thrive also would would be to be able to have some self-determination or or like auto- autonomy you know
1: kind of in your job? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think the autonomy piece, when I think about it, is uh, a bit baked in to the ability to, is is around the learning piece. Like how can I, I, when I think about folks having the autonomy to use all the talent that they have, all of the, the experience that they have, and being given the autonomy to do their work or solve that big problem in a way that kind of brings all of the goodness that they have into their their daily work lives i think that people feel really good about that and i and i often think about autonomy as When I am consulting with organizations, I often think about autonomy as saying, maybe there isn't one right way to do everything. And maybe we need to give people the autonomy to reach the same goal, but the path doesn't have to look the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so the Black Women Thriving Report, Erica, one thing I really love about this report is how it really offers so many solutions that are kind of central to how we operate in the workplace rather than offering a separate program like, oh, oh, this sort of side thing that you could do, like you may or may not opt into. I think that a lot of DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion efforts, are sort of these side projects. And so how do you see this work that you have created and and the call to action that you're issuing in the realm of like DEI efforts or side projects?
1: I can say strongly that I'm vehemently against that being the way that organizations should be viewing this work. And I believe, and there was a definite, you're right point of view about believing that the work around Black women thriving and DEI work that I do believe like thriving to me, it should be in that like diversity, inclusion, thriving, Equity. Yeah. But that true inclusion and equity are going to come from when organizations begin to embed the principles, the practices, the behaviors and the skills and change their policies so that DEI is how they run. It's not something that they it's not a playbook. That it is, it is a part of their standard standard operating procedure. And I think we, I will, I will say this about myself, and I might assume it about you. The mindset shift that it takes for for an organization across sector to do that 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 is a slow moving ship. But it's a worthwhile ship. But it is a slow turning ship to start to mm-hmm. say this is actually how we run. Yeah. I very much came from that vantage point. Like, this is how you should be running your organization.
0: Yeah, and so just to break that down, I mean, I think it's so important to talk about embedding, embedding the principles and the actions and uh, and the policies, and like, how do you operationalize it in your business, right? And and I think some of those are some of the kind of nuts and bolts of like that that are really mysterious to some some people that are just not
1: doing that yet, but want to. I often talk about the putting, putting Black women in a position of leadership, but not providing her the support that she needs Mm -hmm. to be successful in her leadership. I think that that is one difference. I think it's also this idea of saying, you know what, we really have diversity. We have Black women on our team, but all of those Black women being gathered at the bottom of the sort of like hierarchical organizational chart, that is not actually a commitment to being equitable. That is um, solely being focused on representation. And it is important for all of those Black women to thrive and part of thriving is black women being able to see other black women in positions a little one step or two steps steps ahead of them
0: you shared in the in the report black women thriving that black women have the highest rate of workforce participation among all women mm-hmm. yet they're denied at higher rates than white women across all industries, they were denied training, promotion, and advancement. And I think that's just such a clear picture yes. for people to really understand, like you know, what you're really targeting here in the report and some of the solutions that you're offering.
1: Yes, I- exactly. You know, I think it is so clear to me that every sort of argument or criticism that I've heard about, not necessarily black women, but more being about like we can't find Black women who can serve in these roles. And, and you know, we just don't have enough in our sector. And I don't buy any of that. Number one, I think about promotion, because that, that's something that everyone talks about. And it's like, you're telling me you can't can't promote Black women in your organization, because maybe they're not, they don't have the skills. I don't buy that. Or they don't have the degrees that you want. I don't buy that. There's more at play here sort of tied to that around Black women is also the need to break out of thinking about our help and allying with Black women as like giving them that hand up that they need. It's like, no, we are duly meant to be in these positions, yeah, these higher positions. I just want to share with listeners the, a few of those
0: things that Erica includes in here are things like access to mentorship, promotion. You already talked about compensation and earning potential work performance and job satisfaction, connectedness and trust among work colleagues, burnout and belonging. Of course, you could pick any one of these and and really dive deep into them. But is there something that you would like to share with people that is like maybe a first step? Like what do they, what, what could they start with? If an employer
1: is listening here today and wants to Dive in. I think the first place to start, and maybe it's because I'm such a data head, is to look at your data. I think our report, one of the first calls to action is: look, we have data about Black women have told them that their their what their experience is. Does this compare to data that you have about the Black women's experience in your company? And if you can't answer that, you even have that data. That's like actually step 0.5. Get said data, then look at it. I really think that that's the first step.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's like we can say it's just the right thing to do is to care about people. But actually, when it comes to businesses, they do want to see that it helps their bottom line. And and it does. How has your call to action been received? And have have there
1: been any surprises? Oh, there have been surprises. So I have yet to receive any pushback around the idea of talking about thriving, getting clear on what thriving is, you know. What I have received is lots of questions around, okay, you centered Black women, why not all women? Or the more interesting and part that kind of delights me is having other, having women of color say, I know this was centered on Black women, but like, this is my experience as well. Which to yeah. me is like, even more credibility about why this needs to i mean mm-hmm. this is important because i am saying we were very intent on saying this is black women's experience and that alone should be enough but i'm like um and if you have other women of color who are saying mm-hmm, yes yes that makes us a bit a bigger problem and even more like the com- the need to comp- being compelled to fix it
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the quote that you included in your report from Angela Davis saying, when Black women win victories, it is a boost for virtually every
1: segment of society. Yes, when Black women rise, everyone rises. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my paraphrasing. And I want other people to think critically um, and I hope believe that as well. It is not the, the, the one piece around this that I really want people to maybe concentrate on in terms of why centering black women is like is the piece that we started with, which is the, 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 the solving for many barriers will help out everyone else. And that's important. And that's how we're going to see progress faster.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm speaking with Erica Hines, principal of Every Level Leadership and author of the report called Black Women Thriving, and we'll be right back. For 25 years, I've been working in social justice and systems change because when women and girls thrive, families thrive and whole communities thrive. What I realized through my work was that there are systems at play that work to keep women leaders functioning at half their capacity because of overwork, overwhelm, and burnout. The very nature of our linear strategic systems of power that have worked so well for so many high achieving women are the exact reason we're crashing and burning at such high rates. So we end up with highly capable women leaders who are unable to realize their potential, whether it's in their health, their relationships, career, prosperity, or social impact. I'm Giovanna Rossi, host of The Well Woman Show on NPR. And what I do is work with high achieving women leaders who feel stuck in their careers, overwhelmed by trying to do it all, facing a health crisis or unhappy in their relationships so that they can finally enjoy life again, be the leader they know they can be and make the impact they're here to make with their families and communities. It's my mission to use a feminist lens and the Well Woman Life framework to challenge the status quo and dismantle systems that work to maintain unequal power so that all women can thrive as leaders in their communities and families. Get started on your Well Woman leadership journey by applying for the group program at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. We're back on The Well Woman Show with Erica Hines, principal of Every Level Leadership and author of the report, Black Women Thriving. And Erica, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success, which really lets listeners in on sort of who you are and how you came to be the woman that you are and the leader that you are. So I'd love to ask you, what does success in life
1: mean for you? That feels like a, a a very in the minute question, um, meaning like I think it means different things. Mm-hmm. So right now, I think success for me means it has always meant having a positive a positive social impact in the world. I have always been a social change person, um, even so much as having the first name of this business be called Social change Diva. Mm-hmm. So, that is definitely a big part of my success. The second part of thinking about success from a very uh, personal aspect is retirement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is is doing giving of myself, not to the point that I feel like such a jo- exhaustion that I can't enjoy my life. It's like, how do I, I, I want to retire. I, um, not now. You know, we're talking a good amount of time, but um, I give a lot of thought about about how much impact I want to have in the world and when I want to pass that off to someone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And when did you know you were really good at what you do?
1: I knew that I was really good when when people said that I didn't know, told me that they knew about me. Um, and that it was a positive way that they knew about me. I knew that there were that the work that I do was and is respected when folks would get in touch with me. And it wasn't because my friend's friend's friend told them. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. Okay. And Erica, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do all
1: of what you do in the world? I think a personal habit that I have is kind of checking in with the the people that I consider touchstones in my life every day. And I have a person who I consider to be my work wife um, Mm -hmm. that we check in every day. Um, And then I also have my partner who he would argue that I check in with him every day, but I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these two people are sort of in terms of like work and personal life, they're, they touchstones to go like, okay, I've, I have interacted with both of those people. All right. I think I'm good yeah. to go about my day A- and also to have their insight into things that are sort of in the middle of my brain.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need those people. What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time?
1: So the superpower that I realized that I had is that um I I exude a a lot of strength um and emphaticness that sometimes I don't realize is there. Um and I have this ability to be in conversation or in meetings as this like very grounded strong voice when um i used to think i was like oh i'm just expressing my opinion uh, you know i i'm just i'm just a person one person here um but i had so much reflection back that people were like you felt very strongly about this and so yeah we really paid attention to what you were saying because you said it was such strength in your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, That was not a superpower that I realized that I had, but now I do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel as though, um, not because, I I sometimes will calibrate it, not to make people feel comfortable, but to let people know that I'm thinking rather than deciding, if that makes sense.
0: What advice would you give your younger self, say 25 or 30 year old, Erica?
1: Um, Take anxiety meds now. (laughs) don't wait a minute longer is that way don't wait until you're 45 and highly functional and anxiety you know sort of Mm uh have a high level of anxiety like take take anxiety meds when you're 25 and not think that oh this is just like the way of the world is to Mm -hmm. feel as though your brain is on a hamster wheel Get more sleep. Learn how to sleep uh, is the other piece of advice I would give myself. Okay, good. And do you identify as a feminist? I do, although I put Black feminist in front of that. Yeah. And what does that mean for you? It means that, I mean, first of all, the learnings that I really have come to rely on have come from other Black feminists. Uh, You know, Angela Davis being one of those, Mm -hmm. the uh Konahachi collective being another one, which is um really this idea of doing something for ourselves that impacts the collective, mm-hmm. which is also an underlying belief inside of black women thriving thriving. There's like all of these underlying beliefs that are in there in terms of the approach. But I I black women um really in history, their success has been um, really about how do we make the community better? Um, How do we make decisions that impact the community? Because I am a part of the community, not Mm -hmm. how do I make decisions about myself so that I am positively affected and the community can do whatever Mm -hmm. the community has to do. So
0: yeah, good distinction. And Last question for you, Erica, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I like to say that I love
1: book. I love the collection of the book. It's the reading of the books. So I'm actually reading from a few books right now. One of them is is the sequel to a YA. It's called, uh, the, the book is called Bloodmarked. Um, and it's like a YA, uh, you know, young adult mm-hmm. fantasy series. So that's one thing that I'm reading. But then the other thing that I'm reading is the art of coaching, which is how do we make sure that we have an equity focus in terms of our coaching of Mm. individuals, so.
0: Okay, good. Well, we love to hear what our guests are reading and we'll link to those in the show notes. Erica
1: Hines, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. I really appreciated this conversation.
0: I want to tell you about a cool new product from Well Woman Life, which is the 2023 Planner. Now, this has been in the works for a long time, and we've been using it in the Well Woman Academy. But now, for the first time, it's available for purchase from the wider community. You can go to wellwomanlife.com slash planner to find out more about that. Uh, But just to say it's really cool because it's a daily look at Uh, how to use the Well Woman Life tools to apply them in your life every day. So it includes how to prioritize, how to reconnect with your purpose, um, and how to re-energize and how to really find what nourishes you on a daily basis. So check it out, wellwomanlife.com slash planner. at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.